Welcome to The Nation, Floyd's 99 Barbershop Podcast. In The Nation, we discuss topics that come straight from the barbershop floor. Topics that not only affect barbers and stylists, but our clients as well. Welcome to The Nation. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Floyd's Nation podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Patrick Butler, joined by my amazing co-host, Kelly Woolen. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, Patrick. We are midsummer. It is getting hot out, and uh, we are in the midst of uh, June and Pride Month, and we have got a lot to talk about. We took a little break here uh, at the Nation so we can get some things off the ground at Floyd's. We were excited. We toured around the country and saw all of our team, and we took a little break from the podcast, and now we're jumping back into it. And Kelly, I'm super excited. We got a great guest today. I left you hanging there. You did leave me hanging there. <laughs> it's so exciting. <laughs> I left you hanging and good thing I'll, I'll, I'll cut it out. So <laughs> we'll merge it. <laughs> we'll merge it together. Um, you know, as we get into this episode of the, the uh, nation, um, the guest that we have today has really had a big impact on the industry, in my opinion, because if you look at what he's been able to do, he's been able to provide so much inspiration for stylists, barbers, um, shop leaders, salon leaders, spa leaders, anybody that's within the industry, you can find some inspiration from what he's done in a couple of different ways. And we're going to talk about that because he's, he and his team have been able to provide a resource that we can all tap into in a couple of different ways, whether it's a podcast or an amazing website and digital platform. And in doing so, it's helped so many of us just gain insight into the industry and again, be a resource to us uh, throughout the industry. And so we're privileged to have uh, the CEO of Hairbrain, Gordon Miller, join us. Gordon, welcome to the nation. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be here. And thank you for so many kind words. I, I don't feel worthy. So. <laughs> well, we, we definitely think you are, because if you, if you look at what um, you and the crew provide, they it truly is, to me, very inspirational, because I can go to Hairbrained, um, and I can find so much inspiration or find resources that I need to find an answer to something within the industry. And if I listen to your podcast, I can also find that inspiration. So um, help us out, Gordon, and give us a little bit of insight. How did you get into the industry and how did it lead to Hairbrain? Oh, boy. It's a, it's, I'll do the short version because it's 43 years of career. <laughs> so it's a it's a long story, uh, but the abbreviated version is I'm not a hairdresser. I've never been a salon owner, um, but I came into the industry straight out of uh, traditional college. I got a degree from University of Florida um, back. I graduated in 1978, which makes me old um, and, um, and uh, kind of didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and ended up moving back with, in with my folks, which, by the way, no one did in 1978. That was, <laughs> that was it was shameful almost. But I moved back in, in with the folks. Um, and uh, just trying to figure out what am I going to do? I, I didn't want to do investment finance, which was a degree. And, and um, so I opened up the newspaper trying to find a part-time job. And a little backstory is that I'm uh, at that point, I'm gay. Um, I was closeted and gay at that moment with my family, um, you know, had been out with some of my closest friends. And um, I was like, I got to get out of the house. Like I just, you know, I moved back in with them and they're like, just chill while you figure it out. I'm like, no, no, no. I got to get the F out of the house, you know, because I got to kind of, 
I was 22 and I'm like, I got to do my gay thing, whatever that looks like <laughs> in that moment. And so I um, opened the newspaper, found the job, um, a company called Levon's Incorporated at the Denver Bank Building. And, and my, I wanted my dad to, to believe at that moment I would still pursue my finance um, ambitions. And uh, so the Denver Bank Building sounded like a good place to tell him I'd be working. And uh, come to find out it was a chain of beauty salons and schools. And I'd, only, I'd never been to a beauty school, didn't even know what one was. And I'd only been in a salon twice in my life. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot growing up. And so I had no point of reference. I didn't understand, I didn't care. It was like an administrative assistant job. Um, they didn't call it that back then. And very quickly, I started to understand things a little bit. And we were in a corporate office and people would come through on a regular basis. And I started to have this awareness that there was a lot of gay people who worked in the company. And 1978 uh, in Denver was not a good time to be gay. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're so fortunate things have changed so much, but there's so much more work to do. But, you know, it could be dangerous, you know, so a lot of us were closeted for that reason. And, you know, people reacted differently back then. So I, I was like, oh, this place, there's a lot of gay people and it's, they like us, you know, so that led to me thinking more about, you know, was this potentially a home? And then one day the owner came to me and said, we really like you. You know, we think you should stay here for a bit. Um, she introduced me to the salon world, beauty schools, uh, trained me uh, over five years on how to run beauty schools. That led to a, a job in Salt Lake City of a guy who had bought 11 schools for his uh, wedding anniversary for his wife. She wanted a beauty school and he bought 11 because he couldn't find one to buy. Um, moved me to Salt Lake City, said, here, I was 27. He said, run my schools, do whatever you want with them. I got lucky. I was extremely successful, knock on wood. Um, it was just fortunate. I got noticed by some people in the industry, Pivot Point uh, being one of the companies that noticed me. Um, they offered me a position in Chicago, moved me to Chicago in 1985, I think, 86. And um, I was with Pivot Point 10 years. I left as a VP. And um, that's another long story, wonderful story, some of the best 10 years of my life. Mighty Publishing recruited me uh, to consider leaving Pivot Point and moving to upstate New York uh, to run Mighty Publishing, which is the biggest textbook um, maker in the, in the industry. Um, was there for a few years, but hated where I was living. So then, then became executive director of the National Cosmetology Association, did that for 10 years, loved it, working with hairdressers every day, representing them in legislation and all kinds of other things. Uh, community service, again, another wonderful 10 years. Um, and um, then I fell in love with social media. It was happening. Um, associations were kind of old school. I was like, I was, this resonated so much with me. I could see the future of it. I was like, this is, this is going to be, this is going to change hairdressers' lives. And so I, another long story I won't bore you with, but I dove into that. That led to co-founding a company called uh, Passion Squared, which is, exists today uh, with Mina Kovner, who, who owns it uh, today, but we started it together. Then I dove into consulting on digital because and, and social because a lot of companies were like, you seem to be paying attention. What the heck's going on? That introduced me to the publishing side of the industry. I became publisher of American Salon. And then uh, five years ago, uh, got out of traditional publishing because I thought the end was near. Uh, magazines were kind of a thing of the past, but just kind of barely hanging on. And uh, that led to Hairbrained, which I had been a member of since almost its very inception. Uh, over time, I had become close to the founders, uh, Randy Taylor and Gerard Scarpacy. And was kind of quietly their kind of beauty gay uncle trying to give them a little bit of coaching on how to how to be able to keep it going because they they did it as a hobby and they, they were struggling at times and so um and that led to them one day when they knew i was leaving american to to go back to consulting they said hey what about us and um we um worked together to make that happen and so i've been ceo um basically responsible for working really close with them and, and running and growing the business um now for five years and uh, and love every bit of it
long story. Wow, that's an amazing story, though. And just to be clear, none of your stories are long or boring. So that's amazing background. I Okay, first of all, I can't even believe that because <laughs> that is just astounding. Mm. But it, what it led to, to me, is it showed just this pathway that you followed throughout the industry on so many levels, which has given you so much insight into the industry, whether it's yeah. from schools to publishing and, um, and whatnot. Now, as you're with things with Harebrained, uh, Gordon, tell me this. To me, when I, okay, let's just be very clear. You can get into Harebrained in a couple different ways for those uh, listeners who aren't familiar. If you're not, you should be. Um, you can pick up your phone and you can follow Harebrained on any social platform. But I actually recommend if you have the opportunity to use a, a computer to use a desktop because I find it easy to navigate and go deeper into the site um, by using that platform. I don't know if that's something you recommend or if you found yeah. that people have gravitated either way. Well, you can, you can do that or you can download the app and you get the same experience, mm-hmm. but one's on the phone, one's on a desktop and that's hairbrained.me, hairbrained, um, not.com, but .me. It takes you to the site, but also there's a mobile app you can download from the app store. And um, so either, you know, they both take you there, whatever your comfort level is, but it is a great opportunity to experience hairbrained in a different way. And there's two other platforms, you know, we sell tools, um, kind of um, very specific, very curated. Um, George Scarpacy, again, co-founder is passionate, like crazy passionate about tools like he's a collector of tools just loves them and so we sell tools to the industry and that's a big part of what we do and and then hp live um, is our um, digital academy so we got to the digital academy business over three years ago and we have twelve thousand learners on the platform and people love that so that to me is the most profound thing we do education mm-hmm. and much of my career was in education um Milady educational company pivot point educational company you know, in both those I, I lived in the the working with educators working with educational developers and so i i love education and um so that when i came into hairbrain one of my goals was to help the guys you know launch a digital learning platform and, and we did and so very proud of that and that's another way to experience hairbrain now have you found gordon over the last two years two and a half years in particular with everything that's occurred in the world yep. have you seen an increase in that area for for you guys with Hairbrained in particular? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exploded. I mean, we were doing great with it, you know, prior because the thing about the pandemic was it kind of made things that were already happening go faster. There's not much that was created that was new during the pandemic. It just took behaviors and took interests and just kind of ramped them up or in the converse, you know, moved people away. But it was usually a, a trend that was happening. And digital education, we were working on digital education when I was in, at Pivot Point, um, and I left Pivot Point in 1994. So, you know, we, we, we were thinking about it a long time ago. Part of my, part of my um, um, objective from, a, from the company's perspective in moving to Milady was, oh, books are going to go away. I'm, I got there in 1994. <laughs> books are going to go away. Magazine going to go away. We need to really focus on how we're going to navigate that going forward. So, and, and Milady is a part of a gigantic multi-billion dollar company. So, I had a great, great experience there, but it's been happening for years. And that, yes, we saw a bump, a good, a significant bump. And now we've seen it kind of diminish a little bit in terms of the interest. Um, but net, net, it's, it's been a very positive increase. And I think people have changed their thought process. I think most importantly, brands have changed their thought press around digital. And I think that's really, really important because brands have long been the primary source of education for the professional side of the industry. They, they produce more education than anybody else. Um, and, and companies like Floyd's, you know, bigger companies that have lots of employees. So 
So the corporate side, I think their eyes have been open. A lot of people thought we were a little bit crazy, even, you know, three, four years ago to get into this. And I, was, I was like, no, 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 <laughs> we're all going to be there soon. So just, so stay tuned. And uh, we're, we're, we're happy to see where it's evolving too. Well, that's amazing foresight and you're right on the money. Um, curious to see with that rise uh, over the past couple of years, have you seen trends with that? Is it, do you, have you seen something that people are really striving for or reaching out for and looking for right now more than ever? Have you noticed any trends in that area? Well, you know, I, I don't think that the fact that it is digital changes that. I think the trends live independent. So our interests over time shift, you know, the barbering thing blew up you know, however many years ago, six, seven years ago. Um, and so, you, you know, you guys are very aware of what that meant for the industry. And before there was much digital education, you know, so social and digital, I think, made us much more aware of the larger world that we live in and gave us all an opportunity, I think, to kind of plug into trends in a, a new and unique way. I think also, um, you know, I've had a lot of conversations recently about this, this part of what was going on in the world and, and barbering is such a great example. Um, without social media, uh, we wouldn't be thinking as consumers the way that we do today about the barber space. I mean, it, everything changed because of social media. I mean, I first went to a barber when I was five years old, Tony, Tony the Barber in Long Branch, New Jersey. And, um, you know, that was what my dad did was go to the barber shop, but it was in many ways kind of a dying art form and, and it was, you know, had really slowed down. Um, and then social just changed everything. And, you know, that's exciting. And so, I don't know that, you know, um, again, that the trends themselves are, are things that, that we've seen radically change, you know, things come and, they, and things come and they go. I think what we've seen that is exciting is the adoption of certain things. Um, the phone has changed everything. And I think how everybody, how, how we think, how we act, you know, how, how we approach finding information, you know, has all been changed because of of beginning with the iPhone and then, you know, rolling out in, into the Androids and everything else. So behaviorally, the world is different. And I think that's the most important thing to recognize. And, you know, what does that mean for all of us? Well, and, and just real quick for, for our listeners and specifically for our Floyd's employees, I, I hope that you take this opportunity to pursue um, looking into harebrained and what they have to offer, just because more than ever, I'm pushed to and ask the question, where can I find, where can I find, where can I find, meaning, where can I find inspiration, where can I find education, because it's taken a minute for a lot of companies to come back to live education, yeah. even with the digital platforms available, people are still searching. And so I just really encourage our employees um, and our friends to take a moment to check out Hairbrain, just because if you look into what they have to offer, it is deep, it is vast. Yeah, and uh, trust me, there's many nights where I've gone down a rabbit hole. I'm like, okay, I just blew three hours. <laughs> well, let me add, you know, somebody who really loves education. And, and again, I'm not a hairdresser, but I always love being in the side of the business because I, I see that the work that we do changes people's lives, literally. I mean, we, we've met so many people, it's like it changes their lives. And, you know, we always talk about education in the industry. It's so important. It's so powerful, but I'm a data freak. Like I, I love that I get to talk to so many big companies and I've got deep relationships and I get to see things that are often confidential that don't get shared with the larger industry, um, as, as well as working like with folks like PBA and, you know, and, and seeing all the, the research that they do. And, and again, education is really important, but the average hairdresser doesn't get much education in a given year. You know, we're really big, you know, industry, we're pretty vast and diverse, all kinds of people, all kinds of ages, demographics, and, and the typical person in the industry does not have the opportunity to, to go to much, you know, um, most hairdressers don't get to a beauty show in a given year. And so we believe in it, we know it works, and yet we know there's a lot of 
things that keep people from getting it. You know, the time, money, uh, can't get daycare. You know, uh, I talked to a friend recently who didn't go to ABS, giant beauty show in my own city. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not going? She's like, I can't get daycare. And so the opportunity through digital to get it 24 seven, whenever you want, even if you have a deep passion for live education, we've seen people coming back in a big way. Great. But those who were getting live education pre pandemic was not, it was like the, it was like the 80, 20 role, like 20, 20, 30%. So digital's open the doors. And if you're passionate about live education, great, go to it. But uh, once a month, go take a, a digital course somewhere, you know, uh, learning matters. Uh, it will, it can change our lives. And so we don't, we don't push that hard enough. And I'm, I'm worried that so many people are like, Oh, everybody wants to go to the live, you know, digital doesn't matter so much anymore. And I'm like, uh, yeah, it, uh, it really does matter. And we should use this opportunity to reinforce that everybody needs to get more learning, period. I think you hit the nail on the head. And I mean, my background is all in live education and, and the shows used to be far different. You could go to a show in every state yep. so often, yep. and now it's changed quite a bit. And so it's more difficult for people to get to some of the shows. And so digital, it's just a wonderful outlet yeah. if you pursue it. So I love that you hit on that. Real quick, what is next for Hairbrained? What do you see on the horizon? What's the next level for, for Hairbrained and for you, Gordon? Um, live events. Um, we'll be we'll be moving into the live event space. We we had a live conference that was planned for March 30th of 2020. We were in New York on uh, the, the 11th of March for the Hairbrain Video Awards, uh, same weekend as IBS New York, and we had to make a hard decision. Do we go? Do we have that event? Which we ended up having, um, but it was right when everything was shutting down, and so we made a decision that evening to cancel our live event in in. Uh, it was in, being held in Chicago. We had 400 attendees. It was sold out. We had sponsors. And it was about the future of the industry. And so that was the beginning, the first step. We had to cancel it. Um, but we are going to be um, moving into the live event space in some really interesting ways. Um, we'll also make sure those events have kind of a hybrid aspect where we also make them digital because we, we believe in it so much. So we won't do live without the new digital. And that that's the next big thing for Hairbrain. That's cool. That'll be awesome to see you take that next step. And for you personally, I mean, obviously you're deep in it with uh, as a CEO, but is there something else you're striving for too? I mean, you've done so much. <laughs> Retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Retirement. People say, you know, how was the pandemic for you? I said, you know, it was actually, you know, a from a business perspective, you know, because we are a digital company, it was actually, and, and I, I'm embarrassed to say, sometimes it was good for us. You know, we we had a lot of growth and and uh, and a lot more people found us, which was great. You know, so all that's great. But the worst thing that happened in the pandemic for me was the day I opened my mail and I got my Medicare card uh, because <laughs> because I'm 65 going on 66. Um, so you know, I'm I'm really focused on on really having the best best rest of my career, however long that might be. And um, so that for me is, uh, you know, I'm doing things I love, uh, being in touch with, with people that I love and, and love being around and uh, just getting, you know, doing as much as I can um, in, in every little bit of space that Hairbrains works, works in going forward and showing up at brand events and just being around the people I love. So uh, yeah, and, and what comes out of that, you know, time will tell. But um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, inter it's interesting to be at the stage of life, to be perfectly honest. So so uh, who knows? Um, I just have to say one of the things I really love too about um, the harebrained side itself is the fostering of community. Mm -hmm. um, it's just such a great way. You can see all of the people that are just like you in the near area. So it's just so great at Floyd's. We really encourage that community and it's just another great tool to right. see the community near you. 
Um, but just wanted to shift gears a little bit and talk about that sense of community, like something you said earlier really struck out to me is, you know, it almost seemed like your whole career started once you felt like you found that safe space, mm-hmm. right? You found that there were so many other gay people in that community and you found a place that you belonged. Um, you know, totally. I myself am not, am not technical either. And I kind of felt that same way. Like it is a very warm, welcoming space to be and Mm -hmm. since it is pride month like I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit like you know uh, people that are outside that community you know we talk a lot about being an ally you know not just during the month of June but you know every month of the year and and what does that really mean to you as a member of the LGBTQ plus community oh it's a complicated conversation um again the, the kind of the short one so I always say I always say preface things by saying I'm an old gay so, you know, I, I've, as I said, you know, I, I, 1978, I'd come out to people who were close to me, hadn't come out to my family yet. That t- took a few more years. Um, didn't come out professionally until I was 40. Um, to those I was close to professionally, yeah, they knew what was up, you know, but, but didn't really come out publicly professionally until I was 40. And, um, and from that moment on, you know, I became very public. Like I, it's rare that I go on a stage, right, where I forget to say, oh, and by the way, I'm gay. <laughs> I love saying it to audiences because it's to me coming out as a never ending process. Uh, and I think we forget that sometimes as, as gay people that um, we've come out to those close to us. Maybe we've come out at work, but you know, if we bump into somebody who doesn't know us, you know, it's another opportunity. And I, and I think the opportunity in coming out is so much bigger than about us because it's, it's, it's about sharing something about ourselves that speaks to something that's so much bigger, which is the larger gay community, which not everybody knows us. And um, I, 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 was very active in the earlier days of the community um um in in you know i was a marcher you know i i was an activist you know um during the crisis of aids um and you know so as someone who kind of lived that activist life when i was younger um it's we recognize how important it was that people know us for who we are you know the coming out was powerful especially if we did it in large numbers that when people understood that we were there you know, their, their daughters and their sons and their brothers and their sisters and their neighbors and their coworkers and, and, you know, people who were on the bus with them that they see regularly that maybe perhaps they don't know. And, and that was, you know, a, a core element in the movement of, of moving from a place where we felt we had to hide um, for safety's sake, many of us. And, and what I think one of the more important things to say is that still happens today. You know, it's, 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 it's there's a lot of people in the gay, in the gay world, you know, the community, the larger community um, who re- remain, you know, unsafe or feeling unsafe, you know, so, so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's such a big complicated idea, you know, and, and community. Um, and I, I think, you know, there's so many, other issues, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and, and people of color, you know, who have similar issues, you know, uh, of, of feeling safe as, as one example. Um, and, and so, again, yeah, the world's complicated, life is complicated. Um, I've, I've lost track of your question. <laughs> so, but uh, I'll, I'll let you follow up from there to get me back on track. That's okay. As you mentioned, being an old gay, I'm using your words, (laughs) you've seen, you know, a lot of change. You mentioned marching and, you know, feeling safe, like what can people do um, in this day and age to help make, you know, those that are outside the community, how do we make you help feel safe? How do we be an ally? How do we, you know, push that forward? As you mentioned at the beginning, there's still a lot of work to be done. And how do we help 
you know, do that work. Acknowledge us as normal. <laughs> um, and, and I think that's what we all, you know, um, look for. Again, you know, with, again, whether it's gay people or people of color, we just want to be, we want to be seen for who we are, but we don't want to be seen only as that, you know, I mean, it's just a part of who we are. And, and I think, you know, that's, that's a big step, you know, because, because many of us don't necessarily feel that, you know, we're, we're treated or, or we, maybe we're not treated, but we see others or we, we hear, you know, people speaking of us when we're in the closet and people that maybe are not aware of who we are. We hear those things, you know, as a child, you know, I, I heard family members, you know, saying disparaging things about gay people. And I was like, okay. And I was very self-aware as a child. And I was like, okay, I don't exactly understand everything that's going on in my life, but I know I can't be that, you know, which I already know that I am. I have to hide that, you know, so that, because clearly, you know, it's, it's not a good thing. So I, I think, you know, the normalization of, of everybody, you know, we're just all people is, is so important. And I think, I think sometimes it's the, it's the other extreme, like, oh, the gay people, you know. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, accepting us for who we are, but also not like stereotyping us into a category, you know, um, I, I think that's so critical. I, I think showing up um, politically when it's important, you know, what's happening today, there's a lot of bad stuff happening today politically, you know, um, to trans people in particular, but also to young gay people. Um, the Florida stuff is just horrific uh, for those of us who care about this and are close to it and have lived through all the different kind of eras of, of legislation and, 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 you know, are as a community trying to deal with politics. Gay marriage is another great example that took us years and years and years of hard work, you know, to get where, we're, to, to get where we are. And again, it's so easy, I think, for, especially for people who know gay people um, like myself, who are very comfortable in our gayness and, you know, don't feel like we're overly struggling, but we all have those moments from time to time, like, oh crap, I don't feel safe right now. And, you know, I, I think it's important to realize that the work is far from done, far from done, you know, um, and especially I think for, for the trans community, um, I think for, uh, I think for a lot of queer people, you know, and, and by the way, as an old gay, I, 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 I've never liked that word. And I, I, I do like to share that because I think, you know, language is so important. And some of us old gays, you know, we were bullied with the word queer. And I realize we've reclaimed the word, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a word I struggle with, you know, to, to this day. But a lot of queer people, I think, you know, um, who were not part of the movement, you know, um, um, are, are trying to catch up. And I, I think often, you know, they are treated uh, differently and unfairly. And so, again, there's so much work to do. So showing up, helping with the work, um, speaking out, speaking up, you know, again, what's happened in Florida is horrific. And so I'm, I'm like, okay, where, where are the allies? You know, where are our allies? You know, we are not a big enough constituent to get things done on ourselves, our, by ourselves. We, we have always depended on allies, you know, politically and otherwise. So showing up matters. Um, showing up at a gay pride parade, you know, is, it's a party. It's turned in, it's very different than when, when I first started going to parades and, and being around them um, because they were political. And today they're, they're more of a, a party and a, and a celebration, which, we, which I love and we love. But I think, you know, showing up anywhere and everywhere you can you know, is important. Writing your congressman, important. It's interesting. I, I had a conversation with a very dear friend and and he called to talk about a conversation got shut down that he was in, in a social setting. And, and they said, well, this isn't the time to talk about it. And he said, well, when is the time to talk about it? And that evening he called me, he's like, I just want to call you and, and thank you for being an ally. And something he said really struck me because he said, I know if I take to the streets, you're going to be right by my side mm -hmm. and you will march alongside me. And That's huge. It, it hit me because it's one thing 
I think it's one thing to say, oh, yes, I, I support uh, and, and we support pride and we've got flags up and we've got rainbows yep. everywhere. Which matter. But, but they, they do. It creates awareness and, yep. and support yep. and a safe space. But I also it really resonated with me when when uh, my friend said, hey, if I'm going to go and I'm going to march and take to the streets, you will be by my side. And I know you will. And that's action to me and, yep. and, and being it aware is. politically and, and of what's happening because you're so right. So I'm, I appreciate you bringing those things up because it really resonates. And I know at Floyd's, we, we took a conscious act to change our verbiage on our, our signage. Mm-hmm. I saw that. When you did um, and we made a change from Floyd's for men and women to Floyd's for everyone. And we celebrate pride every year, but to your point, we're trying to normalize it so that we accept all at all times. And that conversation though is really important. It has to continue. It, it, yep. To me, it shouldn't just be June. <laughs> no, it shouldn't, but I'm glad we have June, you know, yeah. you know, it's a, and it's become, you know, in Chicago is fascinating. I mean, a lot of us, you know, don't really participate in the, in the, in the parade as much as we used to. Um, and today um, in years past, uh, most of us believe there are more straight people at pride than there are gay people, which is a really great, you know, sign. And, and, you know, so that's powerful. My favorite um, group at any parade I've ever been to, and it, it, for many of us, it kind of brings, you know, a, a lump to our throat and, and, and often tears, um, is PFLAG. And uh, PFLAG is parents and, fl- parents and friends of, of um, lesbians and gays. So it's an old organization and they haven't changed their name because it's so, so known in the community. Um, but it is more expansive than that. But it's an opportunity for the parents and friends of our community um, to come together and, and do so many things in support of the larger community. But when they march in the parade, and I've seen them march for forever, um, for as long as I can remember, it's the moment where the crowd loses its mind. And it just shows the importance of, of allies. And the fact there's a group of allies organized, you know, who have programs, who are there, you know, for their friends, for their children. Um, it's it's mind-blowing. And to see those parents march, um, it's, it's something. That's powerful. And I, I love that. That's a really great example. Um, well, we're excited to continue to celebrate Pride um, at Floyd's and, and with all of our community. Um, and so we thank you for touching on that subject. That's that's a big one for us. Well, as we wrap things down, um, Gordon, I'm just, I'm just so excited you joined us today. Kelly and I were just yeah. thrilled to talk to you. Um, we're excited about the future of Hairbrained and some of the exciting initiatives you have coming forward in the future as you delve into live events as well. And we will continue to try to advocate for people to push into the digital and, and really pursue Hairbrained and, and uh, all the information that you have at your disposal. Um, we just can't thank you enough, Gordon. I just appreciate you taking time with Kelly and I to talk to us on The Nation today and share your story and share the story of Hairbrained along with it. Well, let me, let me end by saying, you know, I live near Floyd's, you know, so I walk by Floyd's regularly, I have Ir- Irving Park, and I believe Sheffield um, here in, in Chicago, I always get Sheffield and South, it might be Southport, I get so confused on street names. Anyway, I live near Floyd's, and I always love walking past it, it is such a high energy, kind of happy um, looking space to me. Um, I've got consumer friends who are clients, and um, I, I think, you know, Floyd's has really made a mark in the industry and kind of set that kind of quote unquote, barber space on fire in a really cool way. And so kudos to everybody at Floyd's for the great work that you were doing and, uh, and, and giving me a moment to smile on my walks. So thank you. Well, thank you for that. And um, we love hearing that because we're trying to carve our path for sure and uh, help that space grow. So again, thank you again, Gordon, for your time. Thank you. We have myself and Kelly. Thanks for joining us on the nation. Have a great day and take care of yourself. 
We appreciate Gordon Miller so much for taking time out of his day to join us. Do yourself a favor. Get to harebrained.me online to check out an amazing website that can lead you to so many resources if you're in the hair industry. In addition, you can download the app. The Hairbrained app is a wonderful tool, again, to access all those resources. Do yourself a favor and check it out today. This episode of The Nation is brought to you by Revive Hair and Body Wash. All in one triple action formula that will cleanse, hydrate, and energize you all in one bottle. Takes up less space in your shower takes up less time in your day, and takes care of all the needs that you've got. Stop by your local Floyd's today and pick up a bottle of Revive Hair and Body Wash. You'll be glad you did. A Huda Media Production.